Behold, RPGs and Baby Makes 3. RPGs and Baby Makes 3, Reimagined. RPGs and Baby Makes 3, Reimagined, Episode 3. We should Overall. come up with a sound or jingle that happens every time we say reimagined. It needs to be like a Dreamweaver style. Something that really gets the vibe of reimagined. Reimagined. <laughs> 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 Maybe a little too Wayne's World there, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should take the little Wayne's World clip and put it in there. <laughs> Can I change it up a little bit? Off to another great start here. Yeah, real strong start, as always. Let's roll for initiative. So I don't know that we've been doing have we done any gaming? You haven't done any gaming in the last since we last played, but I have been or since we last did a recording, but I did do, I did run Temple of Elemental Evil. Hey, by the way, we should always say this, and I never do, subscribe to the YouTube channel and like the recording, right? Yeah, but I feel like that's something you want to say at the end, because if they do it now and they realize I've made a terrible mistake. No, we don't want people to be able to undo their mistakes. <laughs> And nobody listens to the very end. Almost <laughs> jibber jabbering. That's true. No, so we haven't really been doing. I, I did run Temple of Elemental Evil. It was really fun, actually. These the party split up, and one of them died. I mean, just le learn the lesson, guys. Learn the lesson. <laughs> Don't split the party. <laughs> it was kind of a messed up situation because one of them. I mean, they did a whole bunch. They made tons of mistakes, like. They walk up to the door. They know never underestimate hidden assassin. Yeah, and they go up to the guy's door. They know he's an evil like guy. He knows that they were watching them. He he leaves the area. They follow to where they know he is, and they knock on his damn door. Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm a little disappointed that I didn't get any props for remembering something you told me about D and D, a game you're not even playing in weeks ago. They knock on the door. The guy doesn't answer because he's busy slipping out the back door, turning invisible, and sneaking up behind them. They go inside, activate one of the traps. They go into the room, separate again. The smaller half party separates into another two It's like they've never watched a horror movie. And two move away from one, so it's one guy by himself. He gets backstabbed by a dagger of venom, rolling that 20. He fails to save and dies. First thing. It was like the first attack one of them dies and all this crazy stuff happened after that of course but yeah that's been really fun that's such a great group of guys to play with i love playing with those guys they're they're fun they they uh here comes odin you're gonna hear the jingle jangle of his yeah yeah of his collar we had to put a <laughs> i don't know how well it's gonna work but we had to put a tile on it because he's a master escapist yeah, escapist. Yeah. A tile, for those who don't know, is something that helps you find your keys, but it also can help <laughs> you find your cats, apparently. Maybe. We're going to find out, because I was desperate. We're going to find out. Come on over here, Odin. So, yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. A great group of guys to play with. Um, you know, I know that it's weird, because, like, all old school D&D &D has sort of this reputation. I read this article about OSR gaming, and, like... For people who don't know, like me, what does OSR stand for? Old school renaissance. Okay, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> what did you think it stood for? I don't know. I, I didn't even we have the brain guess. power to get that far. <laughs> oh, snap. Role playing. No, definitely not. <laughs> no, it would have been something, I don't know, mildly demeaning to you. Because, you know. Hmm. Origami shape reconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> This is so dumb. So um, that's all we've done. Actually, we've got another session coming up this week, so we'll be there. But I, I, it's been great because we're 10 sessions in, and they basically haven't done any of the dungeon crawl because they've gotten so intertwined with the politics of the town 
and all of the machinations that are happening. It has been such a great... As a DM, it's so fun. Uh, yeah, but you were totally stoked about them doing the dungeon crawl. You told me some things about it. You were super excited. And then you come in and you're like, they didn't do the dungeon thing at all. And what was my first response? What? Well, it's a typical D&D game. <laughs> yeah, typical D&D game. But Whatever you plan for, it's not happening. True enough, but at the same time, it's also like... Look, okay... I'm not an evil DM, I'm rooting for the players. That's the way I always run a game, is I'm rooting for the players, I want a good story, you know, however that happens. But I'm not going to change the rules, I'm not going to do it. So, like, these are smart opponents, these are smart villains that they're dealing with. And I've had a really fun time being sort of the <laughs> evil DM, like, you know, like, the characters, the villains, the things that are happening around them, they move, the pieces move. They don't just stay static. They interact. They, they change based on what the players do. And this module, the old school Temple of Elemental Evil, the Village of Hamlet Temple of Elemental Evil T1 through 4, these old school modules, they, this in particular really is in line with that concept of like, to really play it right, to really run it right, you're supposed to have all of this happening. And they have gotten totally wrapped up in it. And it's been so great. It's been so great. But I think now they know that the assassins are all coming from the temple. So I think they're finally like, okay, we got to get to the source. And I get the feeling like they're about to head on out. Um, well, actually, probably to the moat house first and deal with something there. And then that'll go to the jibber, temple. Jibber, jibber. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of really great stuff. Great <laughs> module, really great module. So that's been a lot of fun. But we haven't really played yeah. anything else. No, but you know, uh, we have done some, you know, like regular games like um, Micro Macro. Well, we talked about that last time because we had done it right before yeah, we but did we the podcast. We played it again, didn't we? No. Like, no. No. We, we, oh, we found out that there's a, an expansion on Takaido. Takaido. So, why don't you explain to folks what Takaido is? Oh my god, Takaido is amazing. So, you're basically... Um, now, I am not Japanese, so I don't know how... Um, uh, I don't know if there's anything offensive in this game. I don't think so. It seems to pay uh, you know, homage to their culture very nicely. And you are... One of, I think the game, it has six characters from like a samurai yeah. to like an elderly traveler to, um, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to pull out the things, but you basically pick the type of traveler and some of them, you know, like think Oregon Trail where, you know, some of you start with more money, some of you start with less money. And then as you travel this route, you get to buy food and souvenirs and go to a temple and there's hot springs and scenic you, overlooks yeah the scenic overlooks which i know is one of your favorite things to do it. but basically it's a game where you take your time and enjoy the you know, flavors of the culture and it is one of my favorite games to play it it's a journey so through beautiful. the japanese countryside there, that's what yes, the game exactly. is and when we were at one of our local game shops um, morning, morning star, star games, games yeah here in savannah georgia we saw that there was an expansion i got super excited we bought the expansion we get in the car i look at the back and the dang thing says you need the other expansion it's like an expansion it. on an expansion right but you have to have both expansions to to, to use this and and you know they they're sold out. It's not it's available on, back on the website. Order, right? Yeah, it's yeah. on back order. But I'm I'm so excited to play it because I, I just I love that game. I, I love that game too. It's one of those things, and it's one of those great games to like put on some like Kodo music in the background and like get into the vibe of it. You know, it's like it has it's just such a happy, peaceful game. And there's a scoring system and stuff. But I never remember like I don't I can't even tell you if I've ever won that game or not. Like. Who cares? Like, I don't even well, I think... I can tell it. you who's won, because I'm still... There's still some competitive fights that come out, mm -hmm. even though the game is so beautiful and relaxing, and I still like The winning. juices get flowing? I don't know. Man, that's just... Gets the juices flowing? That's... I... 
Isn't that, a, that's an expression. It is it is. weird? But it, I feel like it is weird. <laughs> Maybe from the books I've been reading lately. I don't know, Rob. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've just thought about that. Is that talking about, oh my gosh. Okay, people out there, email us. RPGs and Baby Mix 3. <laughs> is Get the Juices Flowing oh my a weird thing? Or you can comment in YouTube. I feel YouTube. like it's a very sexualized thing, isn't it? Oh my like gosh, it's a family show, Gretchen. I'm not the one who said it. You're the one who's making it weird. We could have just moved on. <laughs> Instead, here we are, getting the juices flowing. Oh, God. <laughs> Next up, you'll start saying moist. <laughs> so moist. <laughs> <sighs> um, but oh, we know, actually, God. we did do Ironsworn, Starforged. We started yes, we a little started. bit on our Starforged mm -hmm. game. The world building. Yeah, so Gretchen and I are going to play Starforged, she and I, together. Now, if you're not familiar with Ironsworn and Ironsworn Starforged, it's a GM-less game that is by Sean Tompkin, and it is absolutely brilliantly created, brilliantly made. You love this, this is, game. It's my favorite game. It is. It's a, it's a game that has the same depth, or maybe even better, more depth, and epic storyline potential, and detail, and excitement, and development, character development, and world development, and it's totally GMless, and it's it uses oracles, randomized tables, and a sort of fail-forward mentality to help you create this game. And it just, if you get with the right people, it's incredible, and... It's a hard game for me to play, though, because you have to come up with your own consequences for failure. Yeah, but you I think brutally the character that we were that you were playing with the. Um, I always did it really. Well, it said make it hurt. It I says know, make it hurt. I know that's hard. I'm like, I was, you know, okay, my character gets a splinter. I don't know. Like, so I and you're all he loses an eye. My my character jumped into an acid bath that one time. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Um, because I wanted it to be hard. The the default setting of Iron Sworn is sort of like gritty fantasy, I guess you might say, sort of a Viking-esque gritty fantasy. And then Starforged is a sci-fi setting for it. It has some different rules a little bit. So basically the same system, but it's like a little bit different. There's a few extra bells and whistles. A it few definitely borrows flavor from a lot of places. Too. Yeah, like The Expanse is a big inspiration. The Mandalorian is a big inspiration. When we were doing the, the world build, I was feeling some other things... Alien. Alien, yeah. Up. Alien was a really good one. Um, it's Battlestar like Galactica. Battlestar Galactica, the new version, yeah. Um, which I think actually Sean puts in his thing when he talks about Starforged. Um, I've interacted with him a little bit because I'm on the Ironsworn Discord server and um, he is, you know, I recently sent him a message because when all of that, that OGL stuff, the open game license stuff at D&D was happening, he immediately came out and was like, um, here's what my thing policy has always been. Not only is that the case, but I'm now just gonna open up everything. You can use anything you want from any of the books. I don't care. You can, it's all yours forever. That's, here's my new thing, you can do this. So I sent him a message and I was like, dude, that's a really cool response, I really appreciate it. So he did respond to me and we just had a little back and forth, but he seems like a cool guy and like, I know, and just like reading some interviews with him too, he was like, I just kind of made this game. I didn't know it would be a hit, and it's become this sort of an underground hit. I think people are really into it. And in fact, Ironsworn at ironsworn.rpg.org, I believe is the website, you can download the PDF of the Ironsworn core book for free. Oh, wow. So you can get the original game for free. Now, Starforge. It's a beautiful book. Is, book? Yeah, is Modifius is the publisher. And you have you know, to buy it. You know something I really like is the matte. Oh, the book is really oh, the nice. The matte cover. You know what I so love beautiful. about this this hardcover book? Two ribbon. Oh. Two ribbon bookmarks. A black and a red ribbon. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And it's just it makes me really feel really good <laughs> to just have that. But that kind of reminds me. Maybe we should get into our main topic of the day, where we're going to talk a little bit about. What else what, Gretchen hates? What is a role-playing game? What constitutes actually role-playing? So let's go ahead and get into our main topic. 
All right, so Gretchen and I are having had a little bit of a debate last time at the beginning of the last session, our last uh, last episode, last <laughs> the last episode, where we were talking about what constitutes role-playing in a role-playing game. And session zero, Gretchen said, did not constitute such a thing. Now, let's see if I can... Why don't you kind of lay out your feelings here? Re refresh our listening audience. I feel like role-playing is when you step into your character's skin and become them and play them. I do not feel that role-playing is necessarily session zero where you are building your character and um, and doing world-building and things like that. I, I feel like that is more of a... You know, character building itself is more technical. I, I don't know that, I think, you know, you start to formulate some idea of what your character is gonna be, but you aren't becoming that character and playing that character, you're building that character. Um, and well, so then, hold on, let's, before we go even farther than that, let's just talk about character and character generation, because I believe we might've talked about this on an early episode of RPGs and Baby Mix 3, but the concept of character building versus character creation and that wording and because I think it's a big and there's a big difference there like when I think of character building to me I agree with you it's stats it's writing it's it's numbers it's using whatever monies you're given to buy equipment it's filling in empty circle dots and it's like all this sort of mechanics of it when I think of like character building. But then that when I think sucks. of the when I think of the word character creation, however, I think of like almost the sort of prototypical or stereotypical like like God from above molding the character from clay and what? infusing it with its soul. And to me, there's a difference between those two that's really profound. I kind of agree with you that if you're thinking character building, that isn't role playing. But I think character creation, you're kind of starting to move into role playing because you're starting to think about storytelling. But I think storytelling and role playing are two different things. Ah, what are we talking about here in terms of a role playing game? Let's define what role playing is then. I think I saw that you were just kind of popping on your phone right now and you were looking up the actual definition of role playing. And this is just a, like a Google search, right? Like what is role playing? Is that what you yes. look at? Okay, give us something. Okay, so one, this is a noun, the act of uh, the acting out of the part of a particular person or character, for example, as a technique in training or psychotherapy. <laughs> Participation in a role-playing game. Participation in a role-playing game. Participation is not session zero participating in the role-playing game. Role-playing, you're not. We stepping just looked at the definition. Your character. We just it, we just read the definition. Session it says. zero is not the same. It says participating in a role-playing game. Oh, so you and I right now we're just we're role-playing. Because we're talking about a role playing. Oh, no, this building is characters. real. <laughs> so that, that's what you're saying now, is what we're doing right now is role playing. Because we're talking about a role playing game. Well, we're not talking. We're participating we're not in the hypothetical creation of a character right now. So no. you and I are role playing. Okay, well, if we started to participate in, if we started to create a character right now, then it would be role playing. But we're not creating a character. So then, so. I feel that world building and creation, it's, it's, it's storytelling in a way. Not, not the, not the ones mm. and zeros of creating a character. But then if you're going to say that storytelling is role playing, then that opens up a huge can of worms. It is a, I do think it's, it's not black and white. I do think it's kind of a gray Everything's area. black and, no. <laughs> because, like, I, to a certain extent, I understand where you're coming. I'm not to a certain. I understand where you're coming from. Okay, but like, what if it's like thinking about the character in your mind? Like, let's say you get you step away from the ones and zeros as you described it, right? 
and you start to think like what does this character look like right so we were talking about Ironsworn Starforged and we're making the world you know we were doing this like little our, our, our truths is what it's called within the context of the game and you go through these like questions like one after another and it sort of defines like the core of what your game is going to be built around like truths okay but I started when that when we were doing that it started to make me start thinking about my character and I started to think about what do they look like how do they feel? How might they sound? Like what's important to them? And it started to like emerge. And though I wasn't like playing the character, I kind of was like in my mind, like it. Were you I'm taking actually on, acting out what your character would do? I was creating a mental picture of what that character would do in it's my not mind. Role playing. It's not role playing. I kind of feel like it is a little it's bit. It's not role-playing, Rob. I, I disagree. It's absolutely not role-playing. Okay, let me read this other quote here. This is now, this is from page 77 of the Iron Sworn Starforge core book. It says, prep is play. Starforge is designed for jump-in gameplay. Whether you are playing solo, teaming up with others for a co-op campaign, or facilitating a game as the guide, you don't need to prepare for a session. Instead, you can pick up where you left off and play to see what happens. These exercises are the exception. Using them, you create a foundation of setting, character, and narrative opportunities. Then, you build on that foundation through play. This initial investment of time and creative energy is narrative momentum for your imagined world. Also, here's a secret. You're already playing the game. What you'll do through the course of these exercises, make decisions based on established fiction, consult oracles, interpret creative prompts, envision people, places, and situations is all part of playing Starforged. Okay, so what you are outlining is when you are pulling out a board game and you are putting it on the table, you are starting to play the game because you are setting it up. Right. Yes. But that's different with role-playing. Role-playing is stepping into a personality, a, a character, something. So if you spend your whole time sitting there doing ones and zeros and being like, okay, here's the city, this is what's going to be in the city, this is the... You aren't actually playing your character. Okay, I agree. You are world building. It is right. ones and zeros. So, but it's the difference between... So what we're really, what we're really kind of talking about here is the difference between defining playing a role-playing game versus role-playing as a concept. So, what I'm hearing from you is Session Zero is playing the role-playing game, but it is not role-playing. Yes, I could agree with that. Okay, so I mean, I think that's, I kind of, I think that's fair, but... I don't uh, switch out of my, my brain. Like, I am not... The entire session zero, I am still Gretchen, who is pissed off about something that happened earlier in the day, or or excited, ten years ago, or ten years ago, <laughs> or something hypothetical that could happen in four days. I haven't, I haven't broken free of that. I'm not this other character, which could be, you know, pissed off about something else. I don't know, like. It's, I'm still me. I'm still there. Like, I'm, you know, it's not me taking a break from my reality. I'm just in this other game that we're setting it up. And, you know, if if a text message comes through while I'm sitting there putting in ones and zeros or whatever, I, I'll look at it. But if I am deep into my character, I'm not going to be like, what's the text message? Because, you know, I've switched yeah. out of that psychology into this other, other thing. So. That's fair. Session zero unless you actually start the game is not role playing are you playing a role playing game yes but i think that but you are not role playing i think okay so i i was really on, starting to get on board with you until you started talking about like picking up your phone and you're like, oh, you're not going to do pick up the phone if you're in. But I, I would say this, though. Like, 
I think there's varying degrees of of like immersion, role-playing immersion. And when you describe that, it makes me go back to, well, actually I kind of do feel like some of Section Zero stuff is role-playing because I am not fully immersed in the character like you're describing there where like, like I'm in the scene and I'm really engaged. And in particular, like Iron Sworn, you have to be really engaged with it where I'm like all in thinking about it. But I am using my imagination, imagining what the character would do and say how they would sound, how they would interact with the world around them. And yeah, but in that respect, then every time you use your imagination, you're role-playing? Well, no, because what we're talking about is creating a character. So, like, I'm not taking on a role. I'm not talking about a role I will take on. Okay, but, but when you are... When we're creating stories with our son, and you're talking about, um, you know, these characters that are doing things and going about this world, and is that's that role you, playing. Are you sure it's not storytelling? I think that there's I'm a taking divide, on roles. but you aren't playing out those roles. Depending on the, you know, your, I mean, are you first person? Are you like third? Well, person? it's not like, a role playing game. But I am role-playing. But I still feel like there's a divide between that kind of storytelling and role-playing storytelling where you are stepping into the skin of the character. Well, I mean, I think... <laughs> well, I was almost going to say I think that it's the fact that there's no rules or that there is no... Disru- or there's no, like, alteration to what's happening. Like, I'm the sole creator. But that's not actually true because when we're telling stories with Lincoln... He gets excited about something and he needs to add in his own things and then you have to... Usually dealing with poop or yeah. Lincoln. Poop or Lincoln. Well, I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, we'll, we'll describe who's there and he'll be like, and also, and then he'll want to <laughs> name like five other kids that are also there that there, are his friends. And, and then, you know, whatever character you st- stumble upon is usually also named Lincoln. Unless yeah. it's a, a friend. Yeah, it's like Lincoln Llama or whatever. Lincoln, Lincoln Dragon. Horse. Yeah, Lincoln Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that there's a difference. I think that there is a big difference between um, mm. world building, character building, and then becoming your character. Even I just think that if you try to envelop this entire thing of, well, if I'm thinking about the world and I'm thinking about my character, then I am role playing. And I feel like unless you're acting out those scenarios in your head, you're not role-playing you're you're building but i mean i think i am acting out some of those scenarios in my head like what does the character look like what is he he or she or them or they like what are they if there's something if there is a stimuli that they encounter how do they interact in that so like i'm creating a personality so i'm like defining like the the way they are and that is not a static thing. It's not like a written out, like plug and play automatic thing. It's like, oh, what is this person's personality? Let me think about how it would feel to be that person. So then all writers are role players. I think that, well, I don't know how people write. It depends. But but what you're describing is the way someone, a writer, would create the characters that they're writing about. Maybe. So then does it... Do they feel that they are storytellers or are they role players? Well, do they step into the shoes of the characters that they're writing and try to think of it in those terms? Or is it more formulaic and mechanical? I don't know. I, I, you know who might be a good person to ask about this? Who's thing? that? Ben Sperduto. Ben Sperduto. is a writer and a role player and a role play creator. All right, we need to talk to Ben about this because you're wrong and we need him to tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, screw you. No. <laughs> I think this is, I mean, I think we're at a little bit of a stalemate here. I, I think we are. I do think we're at a bit of a stalemate. It's an interesting topic, though. I mean, maybe, like, maybe we should see if Ben's available. We're going to have to talk to Ben's Purdue. Hey, if you out there have some feelings on this, please let us know. Amanda might also have some thoughts. because she's, she's a super she's a writer. big writer. Like, she mm-hmm. does the, the monthly. But then I feel like we, because those are two people who do a lot of role playing, we need to find one or two other people who are just writers and not role players and see what they think. That's a really good point. Like, find somebody who doesn't 
come from a role-playing background. I mean, I even think of, like, I know Brandon Sanderson was a big role player. So, like, you know, you think about, like, he's probably one of the biggest, you know, writer, fantasy writers out there these days. And, like, you know, he's a, he was a role player. So, I mean, you're coming from that. I mean, like, I don't know about, like, you know, Joe Abercrombie, but... You know, these a lot of I think a lot of these writers do come from a role playing background, so it's interesting. Mm, I, I don't know. I, I don't know any who who do we know? We got to talk to some writers and find out. Yeah, we got to put some feelers out there. So we're gonna have to pick up this episode. I know a few people. Okay, I got some ideas, some really out there ideas. Some really Susan out there. Earl. I was thinking. Is she is she a fiction writer? Uh huh. Okay. Okay, so local Savannah-based writer uh, Susan Earle is a fiction writer. She's written several books, and I wonder if she might be willing to talk to us about this. Does Carmen Loop roleplay? Ooh, that's a good question. She wrote the Audacity series. They wrote the Audacity that, That's series. right, I'm sorry, you're right. They, they wrote the Audacity series. Carmen Laura Loop, by the way, she's self, they're self-published, but it's oh so my gosh, it's so good. I mean, like, it, sci-fi... You might say um, Hitchhiker's Guide sort of vibe um, a little bit, but really, really good books. Three of them. This is it's a trilogy, and they're actually doing motion comics right now, motion comic graphic novels right now uh, of the books. So, and they're really quite good. She's uh, they're a really good illustrator as well, really talented illustrator as well. So, they did uh, tarot cards that I ended up backing, which we have those tarot cards as well. Um, Are they here? Yeah. Yeah, we have them. I feel like maybe I saw them, but I, I don't have a chance. Everything's we were in that was in the midst of like a lot of cleaning and reorganizing, so they didn't really make it out into the regular rotation. But well, plus our child would lose most of them. Email us at RPGs and Baby Makes Three at gmail.com if you have some thoughts about this, because I think we don't have a final conclusion here. Um, I'm I mean, getting nervous, though. I know. I'm getting a little <laughs> nervous, too. You're nervous, too? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the end of the show, then, here. And we'll, we'll pick this discussion up again on a future episode. Well, we're at the end of another show. And that typically means we talk about books. What you reading, Gretch? Uh, so I am just finishing up the... Let's see... I'm going to butcher their name. I just know it. Wait, where are they? You're looking at your Goodreads? Is that what you're trying to do right now? Or are you just... No, it's all saved in Libby right now. It's Carrie Maniscalco. And it is her... What do they call this? The series Kingdom of the Wicked. And basically, a rough doopy-doop about it is that um, there are these... There's this witch whose sister is killed, and there is a whole um, mythos built around why this has happened, who the sisters are, who they need to stay away from, and they're always told that the wicked or who they have to stay away from is basically like the princes of hell. And it's kind of neat. One thing that I've really enjoyed about it is the main character she occasionally because her family owns a restaurant so all of a sudden these italian foods will pop up like, oh i love I that just, i really want to <laughs> yeah, you're like i want some pasta and she'll be cooking and talk about some of the ingredients here and there I'm just ah oh, please yes give me those sauteed mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that why you made the sauteed mushrooms the other day yes because i've been wanting to try them. oh they were so good too yeah that really was a really, <laughs> was a really good recipe. Yeah. Didn't you just finish? Oh, you had you were working reading another book, but then your time limit ran out from the library. Yes, this is the series I I was avoiding talking to you about. It's, oh, okay. Let's talk about <laughs> it. <then. laughs> it's uh, J.R. Ward's uh, Black Dagger Brotherhood, and it's basically it's more of the vampire mythos, but um, it's about this group that is trying to protect their race from the bad guys. And the vampires here, they can only, you know, like feed from each other. They're born into it, things like that. Um, but the, the the villain in it is Oogie. Just Ooh, he, Oogie, huh? he has his own the bad guys, they're called the Lessening Society. And he basically 
takes their hearts out and replaces them with parts of his own like essence and it's black and oily and and he has horrible things to them but you don't feel bad for them because they're horrible people but then but it's also horrible it's horrible so i'm glad the the writer doesn't really like linger on it too much which is good it's a very spicy series oh um oh, hello hello spicy um <laughs> Wait, what did you get your juices flowing? <laughs> it doesn't get your juices flowing. <laughs> I don't know, Rob. You tell me. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's 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 not the best series I've read. I'm, I'm you know, I, I I won't say I'm sad that my my time limit ran out. So it's a long series. It's a lot to go through. The characters are kind of interesting, though. Some of them and what their flaws are which is you know something i enjoy reading about are flaws because we have them and i like to know that flaws exist in everybody but this kingdom of the wicked or whatever i'm really enjoying it and um that's awesome i have like an hour left of the whole series oh no way and it's over over or is there more yeah, it's books over. coming it's just a three book series oh, well that's cool though i mean Sometimes it's nice, though, to finish a series. Like, I mean, some of these series, they go on forever, and you're kind of like, there's a sort of diminishing returns, and it's almost like you wish they just, maybe it was just, it should just be a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Mark Lawrence books, I you know, I was thinking about the Prince of Thorns, the Broken Empire trilogy. He did write a second trilogy in the world, but the, the main character of that trilogy, it, like, focused on this main character... Like the story, his story concludes in the uh, through the the trilogy by mm. the end of the trilogy, and like I loved those books; those were great books. But I'm also very satisfied by it, you know. So like, I want more, but sometimes maybe it's better that I don't get more. <sighs> yeah, but as long as it came to a nice conclusion or something, because I, I feel like sometimes when a series ends. And you're just standing there going, you know, WTF. Mm-hmm. Um, then the writer hasn't done what the writer needed to do. Yeah, that's but true. But then other things just kind of drag on. Like, I just saw, like, that Black Dagger Brotherhood. It's 20, 21 books so far. Like, that's... Jesus Christ! Well, I mean, I think the Dresden Files... And I'm a completionist. Files, yeah. Dresden Files are really good, okay? I understand, but, like, I look at it and I'm like... Mm. Do I want to start a twenty book series right now? It's enjoyable. It's it's actually. I'm a completionist is, too, man. Harry Dresden is so snarky. I love it. He's <laughs> and just awful stuff keeps happening to him, and he just rolls with the punches. It's just a character I really like. Well, I mean, I I have never read any of the books. Um, I do so, have the come first. Come on, man. I have the first book, and we did start playing the game, and I loved that part of it, but. Um, the role, the, the the board game, the Dresden Files, not, not good. good, not, not good. good, not a good board game. Um, so I actually, so I've I've since the last time we had a uh, podcast, I've finished five books, which is just crazy. It just kind of so happened that a lot. I was in the middle of a bunch of books, and I sort of finished off a bunch. Do but you want I, me to show you up? More than five books in the last two weeks. In two weeks? Yeah. Since since January started. No, since not since, this, no, since no, this the, last, the last podcast we did was like in the third week of January. So you've read five books in two weeks? Essentially. Hmm. I'm kind of curious. I'm the last time we did the podcast, I had like just a, not much to go on the, the Aberrant book. I finished that. But who cares? What are we doing? What, what, what? I am competitive, Rob. Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. I don't care if Gretchen wins this, this like competition for which there's no award i don't know what we're doing right now i finished that the aberrant book the core book i then read one of the choose your own adventure books that you got for me. yes did the, you enjoy that the trumpet of terror which was choose your own adventure number 55 now you said you had to rip open the pages that because that's how that's done or no it was it was stuck they were like had been cut weird so like oh some man of it, it's fine it ended up being fine but i i read it I like and that I, and I read every branch. Like I went and restarted and read every branch. Like I went through every branch. 
Um, it was entertaining. It was obviously made for kids, but it, this this the Trumpet of Terror, it kind of was built around like Roman gods and all this stuff and like freeing them. Well, that's not right. They weren't Roman, were they? Was it Bahala? No, it was. No, I forget. Anyway, <laughs> I know. seriously, it hasn't dude. been that long, Rob. No, Come I on, know. Um, but it was, uh, but it was really fun. I mean, it was you know there was lots of different like storylines and interactions with sort of mythical god figures and and all of that. It was really it was pretty interesting. And then I read The Broken Earth number two, The Obelisk Gate by N.K. Jemison, and was profoundly disappointed. Dang. That was the book. Whoa! Did you finish so it? I did. I finished it. Um, it's book two of three. It's the one that's told in that first-person perspective. So it's like you walked into the door and you saw and you see this. You walk into the door and you see this and this happens. And and it's all – so it's a little off-putting to begin with. But the whole book is about the main character and the main character's daughter. There's two storylines that are happening. goes back and forth. The main character's daughter storyline was a little bit interesting. The main character was, it was all about her coming into her powers and learning how to use them. Okay. And so there was like literally hundreds of pages of slow progress of her learning how to use her powers. And I was kind of just like, get on with it. You know, let's have the power growth montage and move on to story. And so like the last 50 pages were awesome, but you had to like endure hundreds of like boring slow progress power like advancement for her and i was like we and you know where it's going eventually you know she's going to be able to do this like i don't want to spoil it for anybody but like she's going to be able to learn how to use her power in a way that will impact the entire world of the books and you know it, there are like these, it's very clear that that's what's going to happen. And then, but you have to spend hundreds of pages while she slowly <laughs> no, figures no. stuff out. And that you're like, oh my God. That gives me flashbacks to Wheel of Time. Yeah, the, late, <laughs> the, the last few before Sanderson took over and finished it up, basically. I feel like Sanderson still kind of did the same pacing, but it was already, when you got to that part of the series... The stone was already rolling, so yeah. everything had already been established, and we were going towards the end. So I feel like Sanderson got, you know, to keep that pace going. Speaking of, I'm actually reading the fourth book in that um, Stormlight Archives. Stormlight Archives. This. I gotta get back to that. It's just I feel so. I, I just need to read a synopsis of the books I've already read because it's been so long. Oh, now. I mean, I'm reading the fourth book now, and it's taking me some time to catch up to like remember what happened and stuff like that. And like, what I was actually surprised is that the very first chapter is is it goes back to something that happens in the very beginning of the first book, and it was only seven years previous and I'm like man these are each book the newest the latest book is 1232 pages so I just started they're huge he actually says said that he writes each single book is like a trilogy the way that he writes so which makes sense 1200 pages about four three four hundred page books you know um I also read Nonviolent communication which was an awesome book it's just like a suggested by our marriage counselor yeah really good book um but I actually just finished Sharp Ends, which Joe Abercrombie's first so law. Grim. So dark. So grim, so dark. <laughs> it's book seven. So I, it's funny because, so this is a book, it's a book of short stories. And I was a little bit like, okay, so he's released so far 10 books in the series. This is book seven. And I was, the first book is, the first three books are a trilogy. And then books four, five, and six are standalone. And then there is a, book of short stories which is this book sharp ends and then there's another trilogy that's come out and it's all in the world and i was kind of like oh man i'm i like i want to read something that's about like characters and like i don't want to have to i don't want to read and i read a little bit of stuff and it's like little backstories short stories about characters you already know about and i was like oh god okay but i'm not gonna you know i'm a completionist so i want to finish it (laughs) it was fantastic no it was so good. good 
and I loved it. And one of the I things really that I really liked his his books, his writing. I love his books. They're, he's probably my favorite writer right now. I um, one of the things that he do, did as a as a writer that I thought was really interesting in terms of writing a book of short stories was it was short stories, but there was there were these two characters, well, really kind of three characters, but really main, two main characters that he wrote a short characters that had never appeared in the books before. He wrote a short story about them in the book. And every other short story in that book featured them. And so it kept on revisiting them. And I think the book was like 300 pages. So what you're talking about by the end, it's like you get 150 pages or half the book essentially of these other characters. So it's kind of like a novella. And it was really neat to like learn about these characters and follow their sort of story arc mm. and everything that happened there. And it kind of does come to a nice little conclusion. And then the other stories were just, for the most part, they were really great. Um, and it did fill in some gaps for some really, for some of the really interesting characters that play major roles in the book. Like there's a character called the Bloody Nine. He's known as the Bloody Nine or Nine Logan Nine Fingers. And this character so grim, so dark, I know. Logan Nine Fingers. Um, what do you think's wrong with that character? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think distinguishes him from it other Distinguishes people? better. Because you could have nine fingers be totally fine. Yeah. I'm sure someone who bloody Logan, is that, what did you say? The bloody nine? The bloody nine. I'm sure he gets that reputation because it's, you know, something very innocuous and gentle. What's interesting about that character is that he has a really great story arc that plays out through all of the books. And one of the previous books really dealt with that. There's a, um, a book, Red, the, the sixth book, Red Country, is years after like the initial books that featured the Bloody Nine. And... He, his character is very much changed and it was interesting to then go back in this book of short stories to like his character even before he was very first introduced initially mm. and see kind of like and have that juxtaposition between where the character had progressed to in the books because he changes a whole lot to where he started and how different that is. And it was really, I loved it. I, I was really, I was very pleasantly surprised. Now, not every one of the short stories was a home run. There was a couple that were sort of like, meh. But overall, excellent. It was excellent. So I, I was really happy to read that. And So anyway, you know, that's my reading. Well, good. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Um, yeah, you know. many more books than Gretchen reads in the last two weeks. Oh, I yeah. Finished. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you know i've just i've really been enjoying reading because you know we can't role play as much it's really expensive to role play right now but um i don't know it just gives me a little way to step out of you know work stress and i don't know it's just a nice little escape it was funny because i was like i went on facebook which i don't really go on facebook very much i went on facebook to uh i think maybe it was yesterday Maybe it was this morning, and I was like, I was gonna send a message to everybody and be like, oh, anyone to schedule the next Dragonlance game? And then of course I get sucked into like just checking out my notifications. Then I see Brian's like, heading to Bali, see you in March. And I'm like, well, guess I'm not gonna schedule the next Dragonlance game for next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited that he and Jen are off to Bali. That's yeah, great. Brian McGregor is one of our regular board game especially board games but also role-playing games he plays in the Dragonlance game that I run that we actually have an episode up on the RPGs and Baby Makes 3 YouTube page that, and that was a hard game for me I know I know it was a hard, it's a hard game, for, game you. for me I'll be in better shape next time because I'll be emotionally prepared. Be prepared yeah we we brought back one of our friend Mike Dottavio's characters I brought him back sort of as an homage to him and of course, he passed away from from COVID um, in 2021. So it was, uh, and that was tough. We've talked about that on this podcast before, and, and done some episodes 
you know, sort of honoring him. I could have gone for a little warning. That was bad on my part. We're Thank talking about you. safety tools. Like that was a that was a, a fail on my part. And I and I, I I didn't you know what I didn't really consider that it would be that impactful. I thought it it would be a nice homage, but in retrospect, that's the kind of thing that you might want to talk about in terms of safety tools. So my bad. I, I publicly apologize to you, Gretchen, for that. And and the other players too, if that affected them. You know, it was uh yeah, if you watch the video, I paused the screen a few times. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm so sorry, Gretchen. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, like, that's the thing we learn, though. You learn. that That's one of the things I think has been interesting about safety tools in general and all of that dialogue is, like, years and years and years, everybody just played and was like, F your feelings. And I think now we're starting to realize that how deeply entrenched we can get into these characters. Because you're role-playing. You become your character and have the feelings. And then you also bring your outside influences in. But not only did we lose Mike, but Tick Tick lost Skamus as well, and then suddenly he reappears. But then the role-player is not in an emotional place to be like, oh my god, you're back! Because he's not really back. And it was hard. I know, I know. It's been great playing with Mike's brother, uh, Dominic, Dom, Dom. is great. I miss playing with him. We gotta get him. He's on a good dude. I know. I we need to play something. Yeah. Yeah. He's he has. Um, I don't know. He's he, got a good sense of humor. He plays in the Temple of Elemental Evil game as well. He's not the one who died. In the, in the no. Wasn't. <laughs> no. It was uh, it was Nick. Oh. Cthulhu, <laughs> right. Cthulhu, Nick. And um, one of the other players in that game, John, does these little like at, little digital illustrations of like the games, and he drew this illustration of Nick's character getting stabbed in the back by an invisible mo- <laughs> guy. Uh, <laughs> it's, now, our Facebook has just rotted. Maybe we could re- we could reimagine the Facebook page and start with that illustration. Yeah, we need to do a Facebook where people can interact in a little bit better way. We need to do a group rather than a a page it'll be better so anyway let's let's wrap this episode yeah, up. we'll just you're do it so chatty oh. me me you're the one who was arguing with me about all of the things i'm right about clearly <laughs> <laughs> y'all thank you so much for listening we really do appreciate it it's like and subscribe share do all those See, things you say it at the end i said it at the beginning too if you've made it this far, you are kind of like a superhero in my mind. Because, like, gosh, you've made it this far. And you can email us at RPGs and Baby so Makes 3. Because I make it through every day with you. Oh, Lord almighty. God. <laughs> Seriously. RPGs and Baby Makes 3 at gmail.com. That's the number three. Email us your thoughts. Or you can also comment on the YouTube uh, you know, video uploads and stuff like that. There's yeah. so many ways to put your opinion out there now. It's like, it's like that's... Yeah, I know. I'm surprised more people don't do that. I need a carrier pigeon. I mean, who puts out their... their Nobody really puts their opinions on the internet anymore these days. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon, the RPGs and Baby Makes 3 carrier pigeon coop. I love that. <laughs> Send me hate mail via, <laughs> via <laughs> carrier, carrier pigeon. pigeon. All right, we'll talk to you all soon. <laughs> Take care, y'all.